Everyone struggles with fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, or some emotional issue. But what if I told you that you could exchange that life for one of victory? Are you interested? My name is Mark McKinn, and I'm joined with Dr. John Woodward. And together, we want to guide you into a complete and victorious identity in Christ. Our desire is for everyone to know Christ as Savior, Lord, and life, so that you can live victoriously, disciple strategically, and counsel effectively. Welcome to Glimpses of Grace. Welcome to Glimpses of Grace, episode number nine. We are so excited to let you know that we have reached over 1,000 plays as you are listening to this podcast. Isn't that amazing, John? That's wonderful. Thank your friend who did all 1,000 for us. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mom, thank you for yes. listening 1,000 times. <laughs> no, it's so amazing to think about. We launched this earlier this year. We are now at episode 9, and just through the first eight episodes, we have... Uh, had 1,000 downloads. And so it is so amazing. We're so grateful. And, you know, John, I'm holding in my hand here the cities and the countries where people are listening. And I really want to give a shout out to everybody, but I'm afraid I'm going to say some of these names wrong. But it's amazing because not only do we have listeners in uh, United States, but in England, in Australia, uh, Victoria, Queensland, welcome to the podcast, uh, Malaysia, you know, Kuala Lumpur, I'd love to say the other two, but I'll probably mess those up. How about Germany? Welcome to Germany, Land Berlin, uh, Ireland, amazing, love it, and, and Canada, Quebec, British Columbia, Ontario, Alberta, just thank you so much. You know, John, I was thinking, you know what would be really fun? We should go on a world tour. How about that? Though that not be fun. Yeah, we could just we could come to Australia and Malaysia, and we could go to England, Germany, Ireland, Canada. You know, I would maybe if you could somehow if anybody has a friend in an exotic beach somewhere, you know, like uh, that'd be that'd be really fun to go to as well. Hawaii. How about that? That sounds like a wonderful idea. I'm also counting my blessings that I've had ministry opportunities in a number of those countries as you have, Mark. Yeah, and we have an international gospel with international listening audience, and I just share uh, our joy and gratitude for all those who are listening to the podcast and sharing with others. We had a counseling um, episode with uh, someone last week from Ireland and also one from Australia. So thanks to WhatsApp and internet-based telephone, we can have follow-up conversations like these, which we really are grateful for. That's so true. I had one just yesterday uh, from Ontario, Canada. So uh, again, welcome to everybody. We're so glad you're listening. We'd love to hear from you. Please uh, send us a shout out on uh, email, hello at gracefellowshipinternational.com. Well, John, today we are finishing up a series of episodes that we have been in. I'm really excited about this final one. But before we jump into our co-ascension, will you give our listeners a little bit of a recap? So we've talked about our co-crucifixion, our co-burial, our co-resurrection. What did we talk about when we talked about those things? Well, as we've talked about the promise of our Lord in John 10, verse 10. He said, I've come that you might have life, but also have it more abundantly. So having eternal life in Christ through the gospel, we're so grateful for what our Lord did for us, how he went to Calvary, died on our behalf to atone for our sins, that he was buried, that he was raised and ascended, 
Those are such wonderful elements of the gospel, aren't they, Mark? They are. But in terms of the abundant life, we've also been delving into these profound scriptures that when you're a true believer in Christ and are born again by the Spirit of God, the Lord identifies you with these redemptive acts. In other words, the old you was crucified with Christ. You were buried with him. We looked at Galatians 2.20 and Romans chapter 6. We saw last time that when Christ was raised, the new you spiritually, you were raised with him. You share his power. And today we'll look at the profound realization that when Christ ascended to heaven in some spiritual and positional way, you and I as believers are seated with him in heavenly places even today. Yeah, and I want to talk about that because, John, here's the truth. I have never heard that from a pulpit. And I think this is an amazing truth. And the more that I have studied it, the victory that comes along with that. So what does the Bible say about our co-ascension? Maybe we haven't heard about it, Mark, because being co-ascended, it's over our head. (laughs) That's a bad one. When we talk about our co-ascension, I think it's helpful to start with the triumphant, miraculous ascension of our Lord, which we read about at the end of the Gospel of Luke, for example. How about if we read that, Mark? Yeah, that'd Um, be great. In Luke chapter 24, it ends with this statement, that Jesus led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven, and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. Amen. We're not minimizing how miraculous that ascension was. It's also mentioned in Acts chapter 1, isn't it? Mm -hmm. A wonderful passage, Mark, where we see how awestruck the disciples were as Jesus ascends. This in Acts 1 verse 9. And when Jesus had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Mm. Wouldn't that be amazing to actually witness Mm -hmm. the ascension like they did? Yeah, yeah, very powerful, very powerful. So as we've been talking, we've learned that you know, we were crucified with Christ. So it wasn't just that he died for us. He died for us and we died with him. We were buried. That old man was buried. And then we've been raised up and we're new. We talked about the idea we're not polished. We're not patched up. We are brand new. And so now we're adding another element because really with the co-resurrection, we're new here. But what I'm hearing you talk about is now we are sharing in his ascension. So now it's not just that we are here, but are you saying we are also there with him in heaven? Let's explore that profound question. And to answer it biblically, Mark, we go back to the biblical truth that As true believers in Christ, we are united with Him. The doctrine of our union with Christ is such a profound and, as you alluded to earlier, often overlooked or unpreached uh, message. In 1 Corinthians 6.17, it says, The one who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. Mm -hmm. It reminds us of John 15, where our Lord says that He is the true vine, and we as believers are branches. There are other analogies, aren't they, such as he is the head and we are his body. Right. In other words, there's an organic union. Now, we're not talking about our 
physical identification with Jesus, not even our psychological one, but we are talking about our human spirit being joined to the Holy Spirit, and through that union, then what happened to Christ happened to us spiritually. We're going to unpack that more, aren't we, as we look at various scriptures that talk about how we literally are raised with Christ and ascended with Him. And I think it's good to remind our listeners here, John, because I know we've said this before, but if you're thinking in your mind, how can this be, here's the reminder, we have eternal life. And it's good to be reminded that eternal life doesn't start the moment we die. I think sometimes when we read passages like John 3.16, we were sort of conditioned to believe that eternal life is going to start the very millisecond that I leave this earth. But biblically, we see that eternal life starts for each of us the moment that we become Christ's followers. And so I know we talked about this with with our co-crucifixion, but because we have eternal life, That's how we are identified in his death, burial, and resurrection. But the same is true with our ascension. Because we are eternal, that is how this is true. And so the skeptic or the the negative thoughts is coming because we might view this with a limitation of chronological time. And I think it's important that we remember that we have eternal life in Christ. And Mark, that's a present position, as you alluded to, for the believer, John six forty seven, our Lord says, Truly, truly, I say unto you, he who believes on me has, right now, eternal life. First right. John 5, 11 and 12, he who has the Son has, literally, the life. Mm-hmm. So as we expand our awareness of the nature of eternal life, that really does point us to these profound truths of our co-resurrection and co-ascension. That's amazing. Okay, so you mentioned there are some verses, so let's dive into a couple of those. Well, one of the ones that we appreciate uh, would be in Ephesians chapter 2. And here we have in the first part of Ephesians 2 the description of how you and I were born spiritually dead in trespasses and sins and how we celebrate the amazing gospel of God's love for us and Christ's death on Calvary for us, his resurrection, and how, in verse 8, uh, that we are saved by grace through faith. And Mark, as you alluded to earlier, we don't often hear about verses 4 through 7. How about you reading that for us? Sure. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Verse 6 and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. What profound teaching, friends, that when Christ was raised, the new you was raised with him. Yeah. When he ascended, uh, we ascended with him positionally and spiritually. And Mark, just last week, as I was counseling a couple about these profound truths using our mentor Charles Solomon's line diagram, it talks about being raised and ascended with him. And we talked about how we might be in a certain physical geographical location now, but spiritually, we are actually in heaven. And there was a real spiritual breakthrough that they talked about even a week later. Dr. Solomon used to say it this way, you can hang up your hang-ups at the cross and you can live in heaven on the way to heaven, because you're already there. Yeah. 
Such a good quote. You know, as you were talking about Ephesians 2, 6, you know, F.B. Meyer said this about the verse, we may now sit with him in the heavenlies because God has already made us to sit there in the person of Christ, the head of the church. Another guy that we've talked about before, F.J. Hugel, who wrote a book called uh, Bone of My Bone. It's a great book that really talks about this series that we've been doing. But speaking of Ephesians 2, 6, here's what he said. By faith, he was already taking his place at the right hand of the Father. He was returning by the way of the cross, the empty tomb, and ascension, returning to the throne he had left. And by faith, he was already taking with him those who in the foreknowledge of God were to form his body. The heavenly bridegroom was placing the bride at his side on the throne. It's just such deep truth that we have here. And it's amazing to think about because, John, verse 6 is past tense. I mean, when, when you look at that verse, has made us, that is a fact right now. Amen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1, that as God who has placed us in Christ, and he has made unto us in Christ wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So when God places us in Christ through our new birth, through redemption, then as you said, Mark, these things are true of us the moment we're born again. But we need to really unpack them, discover them, and appropriate them, don't we? And that that last part is so true to appropriate because, I mean, if you think about it, especially maybe if this is the first time you're hearing this, the idea that we're here or wherever you are listening to this, but then in, in a sense we are there, is it's just it's a truth but it's hard to understand but you know one of my favorite quotes in dr solomon's book handbook to happiness and uh, i think in the at least in the edition uh that i was reading the first time uh, i think it was at the end of chapter one but he says we are all in the process of becoming in experience who we already are in christ by position And I love that because I think what Dr. Solomon is saying is we have to learn to live here based on the truth that we're there. And I think when you begin to live here with that truth, a lot of things now become more understandable. They become easier to understand. For example, when we're talking about your identity, it's easier to to believe our identity when we realize that we are seated with him in the heavenly places. But the big thing for me, John, is when Paul starts asking us and telling us, really, to say, set your mind on things above, that makes a lot more sense to me that I'm to set my mind on things above when I realize that's where I'm at. And so I just, I love that quote. We're all in the process of becoming an experience who we already are in Christ, and that's the key. It's not in you, it's in Christ by position. And part of the process is that we need illumination. And so we might use the word revelation to describe how God has revealed this to us in his word, the verses that we're looking at here in Ephesians, for example. But illumination is a word we use to describe how the Holy Spirit wants to open our spiritual understanding and appreciation of these things. It reminds us of Ephesians chapter 1, where there's a wonderful intercessory prayer from the Apostle Paul for you and me, and he's praying that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. And what are we to be enlightened about? Well, that the very power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. Yeah. And we see here um, in verse 19 and 20, 
according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and everything that is named. So here, part of this process is illumination, discovering and appropriating what it means for us as believers to be raised with him and seated in heavenly places in Christ. That's so good. And so I want to transition a little bit because I want us to really help the listener to see what is the practical outworking of this truth. So we we see biblically that we have co-ascended with him. So let's now talk about what that means. And I was thinking about, and I want to use this one last quote from F.J. Hugel, but listen to what he says. Oh, how many Christians are living on starvation rations when all the time the king would have them so filled, so charged with the life of God, so rooted in the divine fullness that unable to contain themselves, rivers of living water will be bursting forth and flowing out to a perishing world. It's an amazing quote. So, John, let's talk about what does this mean for us today? And I think it always starts with faith, doesn't it, Mark? Yeah. So our faith is a response to God's revelation and illumination. So when we read verses like Colossians 3, 1 to 4, where it says, If or since then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. And we would just pause and say, and we're there with them, as we see in our previous passages. And here's the practicality in verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. It's not saying that we should ignore the realities around us, but it means that we should have a mindset that always keeps us aware of our union with Christ and our victory in Him. Because it says in verse 3, For you died, that's our previous episode about our co-crucifixion, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. So Mm. that's faith, that's hope, and that should also produce love. And the rest of Colossians 3 is a wonderful example of how that should affect us in our practical life and relationships, doesn't it? It does, and I think we need to really believe that. And we've used this word before in previous episodes, reckon that to be true, meaning count that to be true for you, the listener, personally, not just that it's true for Dr. John and I, it is true for you. And when you really begin to reckon those truths and live out of that true and biblical um, identity, you're also living with a biblical authority. And that is key, especially as we're talking about living here, because we're also having issues, right, with forces of, uh, you know, of darkness. And, and this truth is helping us as we're living in victory over everything. Such an important truth that you brought out there that in Christ we have authority over our spiritual enemies. So when our Lord Jesus took his place at the right hand of the Father, we see that principalities, powers, authorities were made subject to him, as it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 22. So if you and I are raised with him and ascended with him, That means that the world and the flesh and the devil no longer have authority over us. Mm. Therefore, we can take a stand with the authority we have in Christ 
in the words of James 4, verse 7, to submit to God and resist the devil, and therefore the devil must flee from us. So it's a really foundational teaching in terms of spiritual warfare and victory. It really is. You know, I was thinking about John chapter 12, verse 31. Jesus is predicting his death and resurrection. And then he says, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I think that's important because, you know, John, we live in this world where I think, here, here's what's easy to say. The devil made me do it or the Lord allowed it. And if I live my life based on those two things, then guess what? I don't have to take responsibility for anything. Again, when we're talking about the idea of death, it's so important that we've understood that right that old man is dead, so you're not living out of your family's DNA anymore in the sense of mom's always been negative, dad's always been a pessimist, whatever that may be that you want to use to just try to say this is who you are. Well, if you're in Christ, that old man is dead, and there is a new you, and that new you is filled with the power of Holy Spirit, and this new you has authority. So you don't have to live defeated because you are powerful. And, you know, when we realize our position of identification with Christ— you know, it, it we we really do understand that we are coming from a place of real power. We we can appreciate Paul's words when he's talking about in Ephesians six. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling, but we're living in victory against the darkness. And so, and maybe I want to say this. And if you don't get anything else from the podcast, maybe get this: you're not fighting for victory. You're fighting from victory. And I think that is so important that we understand. We're not saying, hey, you know, get on the armor, grab your shield, grab your sword, and let's try to get victory. We're saying you're putting on your armor with your shield and your sword, and you're standing in victory. Reminds me of a devotional book about the epistle of Ephesians, Mark, and it says that Ephesians is about sit, walk, stand. Yeah. What the author meant was that chapter 1 and 2, as we've alluded to, is about how we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. That comes first. Then walking is described in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 and following, where it says, walk worthy by grace. And then chapter 6, which you've been alluding to, is about standing. What do you mean by standing? It means stand with confidence in the victory that Christ has already won. Quoting the verse you alluded to, Mark, Chapter 6, verse 10 of Ephesians, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So notice here that he's talking about standing. And so we can take that stand in authority because of our co-ascension with the Lord. Right. And in fact, as we go back to just thinking about Jesus' ascension, Right in in Matthew twenty eight, isn't that what he's saying to the disciples before he goes? You know, all authority has been given to me, and now that authority has been given to us. The sad thing about it is, how many believers are actually living out of that authority that's been given to them by Christ? We really need to discover this authority and appropriate it. It reminds me of an episode in my life, Mark, where. My wife, Lynn, and I went to Brazil on a mission trip, and uh, this was a little while after the 9-11 crisis, and I didn't realize that my 
Brazil visa had expired. That's kind of giving you a hint of where this is going. So <laughs> Linda breezes through the customs, and they tell me, your, your visa has expired. You need to go back to Miami. Oh, no. And so back I go to the airport, and I'm there. Linda comes back in, which was nice of her to uh, wait nice. with me. And so for the next uh, six or seven hours, we're pacing back and forth, and I'm thinking, Lord, how did I make such a foolish uh, mistake to not have an updated um, visa, maybe because it was in Portuguese, was one reason. But um, God did a miracle because for the six or seven hours we were pacing back and forth, my missionary friend Edmund was able to get a copy of my passport, fax it to the chief of police in Brasilia, courtesy of the airline, and uh, the custom guards were as amazed as I was when a special letter came back from him, faxed, giving me special permission to come into the country to do wow. our two pastors' conferences. And then I had to go back a day early kind of to slap my hand for letting that happen. But um, during my six long hours of, of agony there in the airport, wondering uh, what would happen, I was thinking, if only I could get to the embassy there in Sao Paulo, maybe maybe the U.S. consulate could sort this out. And then eventually the Lord opened my eyes to the fact that really, as a believer, our new heart is an embassy of the kingdom of heaven. Mm. Because Brazil is a geographical distance from the U.S., but if I were to step into that U.S. Embassy, I would be back in the United States in the sense of my identity, my authority, and my privileges. So, friend, through your union with Christ, your new heart is an embassy of the kingdom of heaven. And God has this throne of grace open for you to communicate with him and come to find grace and help in time of need. Wow, that is such a great story. You know, John, think about this. If we are there, right, if we're in heaven with God, how many troubles are there in heaven? I mean, I don't think there. there's not one, right, because it's perfect. Or how nervous will we be in heaven? Will we worry? Will we be rejected? And so not to make light of what we're going through, but if you could just pause and think about what you're struggling with here is not going to be present there. And I know that that's not going to necessarily make what you're going through here go away, but I think or I hope that it will bring it and place it into proper context that we died with him and we were buried, that old man. And this new person that we're living is brand new, not a polished not tightened, brand new. And that's why I love this podcast, because we want to help you to learn how to live out of this new identity that you have. You didn't get a, a used car. Sometimes when we get a car, we're like, hey, did you get a new car? Well, it's used. It's brand new. You're brand new. You are with him. And because you're with him, he has you. So what you're going through right now is not the end of your story. I think that's what I want to tell you. It's not the end of your story. He is, and he's going to see you through in Christ. Mark, some of our listeners might think this sounds too good to be true. And another skeptic might say, well, are you saying that uh, you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good? Well, actually, when we're heavenly minded, we can be of good here because Christ is more allowed to live in and through us on a daily basis. But I believe that a passage that has helped me to apply what we're looking at today is Revelation chapter 4 and 5, 
where there is an unveiling of the glory of God in heaven and the ascended Christ. And in chapter 5, we have this amazing declaration where our Lord Jesus is addressed, You are worthy to take the scroll and loose its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood from every kindred, tongue, people, and nation. And you have made us to be kings and priests unto our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Mm. Mark, that alludes to our identity in Christ and our authority in Him. And as we set our mind on these things, it helps us to remember our identity and authority in Him so that we can appropriate this victory that we're celebrating week by week. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Well, it's at this time in the podcast that we share a glimpse of grace. And I want to share one with you that just happened recently as I was uh, talking with someone and uh, we had walked through some rejection issues and we were talking about identity. And uh, I took them to Ephesians 1 in verse 1 and the first identity statement that we were talking about, this is what God says about you, you are a saint. And John, it was so interesting because the person was shaking their head no. And I said, I'm assuming you don't agree with what the word says. And the person said, well, there's no way that I could be a saint. My behavior totally contradicts what you just said. And so, John, I I walked the person through what we've been talking about, walked them through Ephesians 2, 6, eternal life, this idea that we are there. And then I said to the person, hey, if you are there, being called a saint makes perfect sense, doesn't it? And the person just kind of sat back in the chair. You could almost see all the light bulbs come on, just almost like their their brain exploding with this truth. And then the response was, well, yeah, if I'm there, being called a saint makes perfect sense. And so I was able to say, then reckon that to be true. You are there and you are a saint. It's just such an amazing truth that we get to share with people. And what a blessing it is to see those breakthroughs as the Holy Spirit illumines people and can use uh, these ways of describing the truth from Scripture and sometimes illustrated in a diagram. And as we appropriate Christ as our life, we see that identification is the basis for our new identity. And And as we appropriate our new identity, then we can act more saintly, you might say, we can live this victorious life as the Holy Spirit empowers us and Christ lives his life in and through us on a daily basis. So we call this being in order to do, knowing your identity, not as an end in itself, but as a step toward experiencing the grace of abundant Christian living. Amen. Amen. Well, John, this series has been absolutely amazing. If you want more information about these truths that we've been talking about, please contact us. Hello at gracefellowshipinternational.com. John would love to sit down, counsel with you. Uh, We do things not just here in person in Pigeon Forge, but also via Zoom. So we can meet no matter where you are in the world. Uh, Or if you think, well, I don't really need counseling, uh, then give me a shout and we'll do some coaching together. 
And uh, either way, we want to make sure that you're living in the victory that you have in Christ. And so before we close, a couple of things that are coming up uh, a few months from now at the end of July is we are having our next seminar uh, the last Saturday of July in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, we would love for you to uh, be a part of that, and uh, you can get more information about that on the website, as well as the first week of August here in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, we will be having our next workshop. And this is a fantastic workshop, half a day Monday, all day Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, where we teach you how to do what we do. Uh, we teach you how to take a person's history, how to understand uh, a person's uh, problems and issues, and then to take uh, that and use the wheel in line diagram to help walk someone into complete and victorious identity in Christ. So again, all the information is included on the website. Please go check that out. And then finally, don't forget, we have an app that has the wheel in line diagram as well as some videos and audio that you can listen to as you are learning more about uh, Exchange Life. And you can find that on the Apple Store or Google Play. So again, thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for listening. Please share this podcast uh, with everyone that you know. Thank you for listening to Glimpses of Grace. We pray today guided you into a more complete and victorious identity in Christ. If you would like more information about Grace Fellowship International, please visit us online at www.gracefellowshipinternational.com. If you would like to contact us, please send us an email, hello at gracefellowshipinternational.com. We hope you have a great day.